Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, everybody. We're going to be sitting here talking Vikings, Cowboys, Sunday night football. Is Kirk Cousins going to win a primetime game? Let's get to it. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, fresh off a bye week. Uh, I feel refreshed, and I can't speak for, for my guests tonight, but I'm assuming they feel the same as we have Sarah tonight, joined uh, by my co-host Ryan, okay. and... Cowboys are also coming off a of bye week, are they not? They are. So a very refreshing bye week and we nice got, change of pace. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for you guys, it's a little bit different for us. You guys were rolling. I'm, I'm sure you guys wanted to probably keep going uh, and, and racking up those wins. We couldn't wait to get to a bye week um, just to kind of regroup. We're sitting at 500, and we're hoping that we're – we're rested and prepared for the gauntlet of games that is to come in November. Uh, with the first one starting off as the Dallas Cowboys on a primetime Sunday night game. So I appreciate you guys hopping on this evening. We got a lot to cover, but before we get to that, I probably didn't do introductions as well as I normally do. So let's start it off here. Sarah was, uh, you know, kind of brought to our show by one of our, our our viewers Ali he's in the chat right now he just wrote Skull not too long ago um, he's a friend of the show and anytime that he uh, kind of gives us a recommendation or anything like that we we take that and so thank you for coming on to Sarah coming on tonight Sarah uh, if you could let the people yeah. know uh, a little bit about you and maybe you know how you became a Cowboys fan um, and, and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Um, So I have been a Cowboys fan basically since birth. I actually do not live in Texas from New York, um, but I guess my I was born in 94, kind of in the midst of the Cowboys dynasty. Not that I was a fan at birth immediately, but, um, you know, my dad was a big fan, so I've grown up watching them, was Emmett Smith for Halloween multiple times in elementary school. Um, but, yeah, so been a big Cowboys fan, um, you know, and relatively new to kind of sports media and content world, but it's been proven to be a good hobby outlet outside of work and things like that. So I'm excited to be here and, you know, just talk some sports. I have to ask, you say you're relatively new to like the, the sports social media aspect. What is Cowboys Twitter like? Uh, Vikings Twitter is very passive aggressive. Um, and, you know, every, you got half of them defending Kirk Cousins. The other half is not so much. Uh, what is Cowboys Twitter like? What do you guys what do you guys bicker about? So I would say bickering has definitely subsided since Dak Prescott, you know, signed his major deal. I think that was a huge aspect of, you know, the Twitter, the bickering back and forth, whether it was worth it, you know, which I think at this point, everyone in Cowboys Nation feels very much worth it to sign Dak. Um, So I would say for now, relatively calm, the Cowboys fans, but I would say if I had to describe it, somewhat of a chip on their shoulder type of fan, I guess you would say, just from years of kind of getting your hopes up with expectations for the Cowboys that have, you know, in the past few years fallen short, honestly. So I think it's a little bit more of less passive, might some aggressive <laughs> against, you know, other fan bases in terms of whether the Cowboys are actually for real or not. <laughs> I think that's kind of like 
how I view the Cowboys as well, right? Like I kind of always have some uh, some high expectations and, and just trying to figure out and navigate where they're going to end up in the NFC East, which is a crapshoot every year. I feel like uh, they, they kind of look like they have the quite the lead this year, but uh, in, in past years, it's always been like, man, I wish we were in the NFC East because we would be in the playoffs with this record kind of a thing. Um, we're also joined tonight. I know you didn't get to, uh, he, he came in while we were kind of rolling live, but this is my co-host Ryan. I know you haven't yet to meet him. Uh, and for everybody who's watching or listening, Ryan is here uh, right in time for the show. Ryan, how are you doing this evening? Uh, like I said, I was rushing, you know, I was playing dad and <laughs> playing some video games with my kid and all of a sudden lost track of time. So uh, I had to quick grab some whiskey and jump on. So no, I'm excited to talk today. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I, I don't love the Cowboys, but I love a, quite a few players on the Cowboys. So it's, you know, it's going to be an interesting game to watch, to, you know, watch CD lamb, watch, I, I don't, Sarah, maybe you can help me there, but like Neville Gallimore, is he healthy yet? Um, he's getting there. Not currently. I, from what okay. I saw, I think it was Monday, taking a little bit longer than expected. Darn. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm, so I'm a big Oklahoma fan. So, uh, you know, they have a few players on their team from them. Um, obviously Trayvon Diggs is fun to watch. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of talent on that, uh, on that whole team, not even just their offense that, um, should be a fun game to, to, to watch. So definitely excited to talk about it today. Ryan is understating his, I'm a big fan of the Oklahoma Sooners. It's, it's beyond big. It's, I don't know if there's a room big enough to fill his ego when it comes to talking about the Oklahoma Sooners. So what's fun about the, um, you know, just kind of my fanhood, right? So I, I'm from Oklahoma. My dad's from Oklahoma, but my dad grew up a tech lover fan and Dallas Cowboys fan. And so from just conversations him and I had, his two least favorite teams were always the Oklahoma Sooners and the Minnesota Vikings because they were big rivals, I think, back in the 70s when he grew up to be a fan of the Cowboys. Um, so so for just by happenstance, I happen to be those are my two favorite teams. There's his two least favorite teams. So, of course, he'll cheer for us whenever his teams are out and whatnot. But uh, it was fun to uh, kind of poke fun at him. Uh, about the Texas game this year, and hopefully I can poke fun uh, poke fun at him again after uh, this Sunday night. Um, before we kind of move on, two two things quick. Ryan, you mentioned whiskey. Is it Four Roses again? No, it's uh, I don't know. It's, somebody left this at my house, and I'm out of Four Roses, so it's uh, Noble Oak. It's like a no, you can't really see it. It's like oh, a double okay. oak bourbon. Pretty spicy, so I actually had to put some ice in it, which I usually don't do. So, Sarah, are you a, are you a drinker at all? Do you have something you have drinking tonight, or yeah, a go to? Yes, I'm. You can't see it. I'm gonna keep it. There we go. Um, it's actually just a pumpkin cider <laughs> in here, but hey. keeping it cold in this hurricane. So, mm-hmm, it is pumpkin spice season. So, had to oblige. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, the fall has, I mean, especially up here in Minnesota, it's, I think we hit, we're a fifties, forties today. So pumpkin spice lattes and pumpkin, everything is, is in full effect. Uh, I mentioned while it, during the rolling that I was drinking or sipping some tequila tonight, um, some Tiramana. Ooh. It's, it's the Dwayne, the rock Johnson's, uh, small yep. batch tequila. It's very good. Um, I have it in my cupboard actually. Chat, do you? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I got to say, when I first tried it, um, it it took a lot of effort to take that first sip because I had to be like, Matt, you're not in college anymore. You're not like ripping shots here. You're just taking it's a, a sip tequila. of it. You're, yeah. you're enjoying it. Um, and here I am. You it's know, like a, this is what night. It's like a poor man's. Well. It's like a poor man's Casamigos Blanco, which. I like Casamigos Blanco a lot, so um, it, it's good. It's Never not great. Um, uh, well, we'll have to try it next time we get together. All uh, right. Dave, well, yeah, no, let's jump in. From huh? the chat. Oh, I, I want to call Dave out here quick because he has been summoned from yeah. the chat. Um, 
they're just they're asking where's Super Dave, and and I just want to know what Dave's drinking if he's back there quick. If I hit the right button, um, I'm here. I'm drinking my new standard because the you remember I was telling you I get in a mix pack eighteen packs on sale. Well, they're no longer on sale, so I get the eighteen packs of the Carbock Rodeo Clown Double IPA. Nice, okay. dark, Very nice. highly bitter ale, nine point something ABV, nine point oh, man. five. Yikes. Sometimes yes. I wonder if you're going to be able to produce by the end of the show, Dave. Hey, hey, it takes nine. lots of practice, lots of years <laughs> of practice, but I've got it down pretty good. Um, hey, Ryan, you said somebody left you a bottle of bourbon. That's got to be one of the yeah. nicest gifts ever. You know, it's when people come over and they get too me. drunk, and they uh, they get too drunk to remember to take their stuff home. So I usually have some liquor and then some hats and shoes. You know, my neighbors sometimes just are not uh, they, they forget a lot of stuff. But yeah, I mean, so we, yeah, I've gotten like three bottles of tequila and two bottles of whiskey over the last like three four months. So it, it works out. Mm-hmm. So. You guys carry right. on. Let's talk some Vikings and Cowboys. Let's do it. I know. I I just got a text from my wife. She goes, you guys going to talk about the Vikings at all? And so I, I got the hint. All right. We spent long enough on introductions. Let's get going. Uh, Sarah, any takeaways from the bye week, whether it has whether it's Cowboys related, whether it's just watching last week's game? Are there any takeaways that you had? Uh, yeah, I guess I would say from a Cowboys perspective, it's a pretty, despite not playing, I guess a solid win in their book um, in terms of, you know, Washington football team and the Eagles lost. So that's always good to, you know, build a little bit of gap in the NFC East. Um, it seems like Dak Prescott, you know, I guess the bye week, you know, while they were, like you said, on a roll, kind of hurt to have that coming off of that aspect, but with Dak getting potentially injured to some degree, you know, at the end of the Patriots game. Um, I think it came at a good time for that. Um, it appears he, I guess he's pretty much well good to go for this weekend, but I think it seems like he was able to kind of get some time healing wise. So I'd say that was another, you know, kind of positive aspect of coming off of that. But yeah, I'd say in terms of overall games, in my opinion, it's a little bit of a weaker um, week, I guess we had this past week, not a lot of great games, but you could some of the spreads of the games going into it. Um, it wasn't playing out to be the most exciting, but a week of football is always a good week. So, yeah, Daniel in the chat mentioned, and I, I think I saw this scroll across my Twitter feed, but you guys got Michael Gallup back, right? He's back from from being injured as well, so another weapon for for your Cowboys mm-hmm. this weekend. Yes, well, that, I'm not. That's exciting. He's back at practice, he's back at practice. I don't know if he's actually set to play yet this week, um, but. Within, I think they said within the next two weeks. So that's definitely exciting because awesome. people forget, you know, they have so many great wide receivers. It's hard to keep track. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm jealous of, of the weapons that you guys have on that, on that team. Uh, Ryan, any takeaways from you from this past bye week? You know, nothing too much. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, when, when you look at some of our wins that we've had this year, right, we've had the Seattle win, uh, the Panthers win, and, and the Lions. Um, and again, all of that. Uh, Seattle, we handled pretty well. And uh, they're looking to be, what, average at best team. Uh, so it doesn't like, you know, typically a Seattle win's a good thing, right? Like you, you, uh, you, you can chalk that up as a quality win. I don't think they're, uh, of course, Russ is hurt, right? So they're just not quite the same team anymore right now. And uh, obviously Lions are winless and Panthers are now showing to be their, their, you know, three wins in the beginning of the year don't mean anything because they're the, the, every game they played since has been quite poor. So um, it, it, I think just realizing some of that through the, you know this last week and and watching the Panthers get kind of uh, beat up by the they got beat up by the Giants right um it just kind of shows that we don't have any quality wins and so we need to really come into this week use this bye week to get healthy which i think we've done um i think Pierce is the only one that's still you know nicked up and uh and and really attack this game head on we have home field advantage sunday night game I might be there. I don't know. I saw nobody's bought my tickets yet. So I, I got to take the kids trick or treating. But after that, I might be heading <laughs> to the game. Um, 
and and you know we'll see what we have because I think this is a good lit- litmus test. I mean, we've been in every Absolutely. tough game. We've all you know, so like every game we've played this year basically has been a close one. So can we keep it close now against a next tier team? Because what we've only played two top tier teams so far, I think maybe three. Uh, yeah. The 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 Bengals, Cardinals, and who else? I forget. I mean, the the, the Panthers were at the time, right? Like they they're were probably not, considered no, they're not. a little bit better. Not anymore. That's just, that, it was a facade. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> who, who's our other loss to? Who's our other loss to? The Bengals, the Cardinals. Oh, and the Browns, the Browns. which again, they're you know they're beat up as well, right? But and so they're struggling a bit. But they, I think they pulled out a gritty win last Thursday. So you know we, you know, yeah, I think Cowboys are in a kind of tier above most of these teams, except for the Cardinals probably. And um, so this will be a good test. Can we keep up with them? And then can we? pull out a win against a good team well let's let's talk about that right there's a there's a bunch of different aspects we can go about with looking at this game um typically it's just very homery on this show it's just you and me kind of talking with another vikings guest we sometimes have opposing teams guests come on but uh i want to take a different stance on it so i'm gonna have like sarah defend the Cowboys side and ryan you defend the vikings side um, and just kind of go. Are you at sure you it. want me doing that? Maybe, maybe, Absolutely. maybe you should be defending. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess, yeah. In that sense, you're a little bit more realistic, or at least for the the show's sake, uh, a m- more of a realist when it comes to the Vikings. I'm, I'm pounding that Homer drum over here. But uh, let's start with the first one. I, I think it's it's the it's the elephant in the room. I think it's going to be a talking point all week we kind of already alluded to it the Cowboys wide receivers slash just weapons in general right when you get when you think about the fact that they have Ezekiel Elliott they have Tony Pollard I think Schultz has proven to be quite the tight end um, he, he came on strong last season uh, has put together a solid season this this year you got CeeDee Lamb you got Amari Cooper and then Dak Prescott right throwing to all these guys, handing off, whatever. So you got the, the the Cowboys' weapons versus the Vikings' DBs, which while they have come on as of late, they are now without Patrick Peterson, who was probably their best cornerback throughout the season. And they're probably going to trot out Cam Dantzler, who has been in the doghouse most of the year from Mike Zimmer, and Bashad Breland, who is doing his best Xavier Rhodes impersonation. And every time he gets burned, he just pretends he has an injury. Um, what, to be fair, he, he maybe could have an injury, but that doesn't fit the narrative I want to put out here right now. So <laughs> let's start with it. Ryan, I'm going to let you defend the DBs. Sarah, you defend the Cowboys' weapons. And Sarah, since you are the guest, uh, Tell me how you think your your Cowboys weapons will go against our Vikings corners and, and safeties and whatnot. Yeah, so I appreciate you giving me a softball on the first real question here because I think this is <laughs> the easiest one to defend. Um, but, yes. I mean, to be honest, I don't think there's very many teams that really have a good answer for the Cowboys and their wide receivers. And like you said, because of their strong history in the running game with both Zeke and, you know, Tony Pollard. Um, and Dak being a you know pretty mobile quarterback, it's tough you know to provide an answer for that. And I think the biggest issue will be it's very difficult to determine. Who, the Cowboys don't really even have a top wide receiver right now. You know, Amari Cooper, if Gallup's you know healthy, playing well, C.D. Lamb, Cedric Wilson is actually an incredible weapon for them as well. So I don't know who you choose <laughs> to cover on those big plays. You know, all of them are such an asset to the team. And then obviously there's always, you know, the threat with the running game and even Dak on his feet. So I think I don't really have much to add to that other than just kind of listing off those names, I think is a defense in itself. Um, Just because, like I said, it's so hard for any team to really put any corner. I feel like you could put up against some of those wide receivers and, you know, some of the best of the league. So it's hard to provide anything from that standpoint further. I think you you bring up a good point too, right? Like obviously – I think from the national view or from like a person who's not necessarily associated with the Cowboys, I think CeeDee Lamb's pro- probably the top receiver on your team. Um, and you guys might view that that way as well. But when you think about it, like 
from a statistical standpoint, most teams only have like one guy they're throwing to. You don't know who you, who the Cowboys are going to throw to, and everybody they throw to is a threat, like across the board, from top to bottom. Like, I think Ceedee Lamb is probably the most dangerous, but even going down to a Dalton Schultz, like he can beat mm-hmm. you too. And and we got destroyed by Max Williams in the Cardinals earlier this year, so maybe this is his game. Who knows? But Ryan, I'll let you uh, attempt to defend the Vikings uh, DBs on this one. Um, I don't really have much to say on this. <laughs> I, I mean, if, if my goal is to try to defend them, I, I think I'm going to, you know, have to take an L here, but you know, Breland has been playing well as of late, I guess. Right. I mean, when he's not complaining about an injury, he is, you know, playing well. I think Dantzler, has some confidence and swagger with him right now. Now he's coming off kind of off the bench and playing limited reps. So it's easy to have some quick wins and feel confident. But, you know, we did this a couple of years ago uh, and I think it was Chris Boyd or no, it was um, Mike Hughes had a lineup against Amari Cooper and just got lit up. Last all year, day. wasn't it? Uh, I think it's two years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and, and got lit up all game. So I honestly, I think the only way we have a chance, uh, on on the defensive side is kind of try to run that same game plan. We ran from two years ago when we did somehow beat the Cowboys, which was stop Zeke at all costs. Like, I mean, and, and I know he's not the main focus of the team anymore. Like he was two years ago, but if you limit that running game and put them as a one dimensional team and let that pass rush get after the passer because our DBs aren't great. Our safeties are fine. Our corners are not great, but we do have a really good pass rush with Everson, Daniel Hunter, you know, some pressure coming up the middle with Tomlinson and, and, and Richardson. I, I don't think Richardson's done much this year yet, but um, so you have some talent there where if you get that pass rush moving forward, about the run as much because you took it away already um you you might be able to limit at least the big plays right make them dink and dunk all the way down the field i mean it's going to be tough to cover them i think cd lamb in the next year or two is going to be a consensus top five receiver with justin jefferson jamar chase and like probably hopkins still will be up there right and i don't know who else so like i mean these I guys are the real deal his name Stefan Diggs, yes, yes, sure. Um, and and uh, and, and then, but and then you have Cooper on the other side, who is just an elite route runner. Like he gets open, and he has pretty solid hands. So, um, and to your point, you got Dalton Schultz, who's like a second. I mean, I won't say a second coming of Jason Witten, but like a poor man's Jason Witten, right? He's not overly dynamic, but he's solid enough blocker, and he's got great hands, and just has a good feel for where the soft spots are in his zones and plays right so uh you know we have a lot on our plate here so i think if you can uh, i think somebody had put in the comments if you can at least take zeke out of the game as much as you possibly can and make them one-dimensional and let that pass rush do their thing we we would maybe have a chance to you know hold them to like 35 points (laughs) 35 points (laughs) this offense is good man it's really oh my goodness yeah, well, it's going to be tough, right? And and it's going to be, you know, it was already mentioned in the chat here, right? Like, it's going to be a shootout. Like, that's probably the way this game goes. I think our last game was a shootout. I think if it wasn't for Dak targeting Zeke on, like, a, a third down pretty close to the to the end zone um, and Eric Kendricks making an amazing play, I'm pretty sure the Cowboys beat us last time. Um, yep. Zach, Dak really played very well. Um, so let's talk about that, right? Like it's probably going to come down to the quarterbacks and who can may a either have the ball last and, and deliver a final drive. Kirk has proven this year that, that he can do that. He's capable of it. Um, but also Dak, right? Like he's on a redemption tour. I feel like coming off of his injury. I think, I think he's been on fire for a lot of the, the season so far. And we, the, the first thing I think of Dak, this season is is that first week in Tampa, right? Like he went toe to toe with Tom Brady, and I was sad to see you guys lose that week. Actually, um, I nothing would have made me happier than to see Dak Prescott and the Cowboys take down Tom Brady and put those guys in their place. But instead, just came up short. But let's talk about let's Sarah tell tell us a little bit more about Dak Prescott that 
the average fan might not know about. Is he good under pressure? How is he on the road? Um, any flaws that that you know of, or or just pump him up if you want. Yeah. Yeah, so I think um, in terms of, you know, that your comments that it's probably going to come back down to the last drive, I think that's exactly what's how things are going to play out. That tends to be the case for the Cowboys and I know for the Vikings as well. Lots of close games, um, definitely going to be a shootout. And I think the difference fan under Dak Prescott is he has shown, you know, that composure and, you know, in those final minutes of the games, you know, the hurry up offense. And I think that's something I've noticed as a fan is you don't really feel too stressed when it comes down to the final drive. Like, is he going to do something stupid, you know, throw a pick here? He's definitely grown past that coming out, you know, no longer a rookie, right? That's typically how things work. But some quarterbacks are still always at risk for doing things like that. Um, But I think he's definitely learned how to avoid those situations. Um, so I think I was even saying that I was at the Patriots game, um, and I was like, it was, which was a wild ending to the game. Right. And you just felt totally confident with the Cowboys, you know, steamrolling down the field. So I think, um, it just is going to be a matter of, I know Kirk Cousins is capable of it too. So I think it's a matter of who has the opportunity in terms of time. But, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think Dak was on for, you know, record setting season last year prior to his injury. So I think this is just further you know going off of that and then with the added bonus like you said the redemption tour so I think it's going to be pretty hard to stop in that regard he's just an absolute animal really in terms of toughness so I think that's you know I don't know Kirk Cousin coming on well he always seems to me he seems older than he really is I name appears whatever but coming on more of a tail end tail end of his career in terms of toughness physicality you know if it comes down to a shootout where they're scoring a lot of points or if they're you know getting pass rush I mean it's wear and tear too right towards the end of the game I think Dak being a little bit more physically um capable tough I guess might lead them to come out you know on top in that regard I want to ask you a quick question uh and actually Mm -hmm. it's kind of two questions one is based on your comments about Dak Prescott the other one quick is Ali, who recommended you for the show tonight, uh, he asked who your all-time favorite cowboy is. So if you want to answer that quick, and then I'll I'll ask you my question about Dak. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sound like super biased after this, but it is Dak Prescott. <laughs> that's an easy one. <laughs> hey, that's fair. That's easy fair. One. I mean, you're growing up in the prime of well, not growing up, but like you're you're appreciating for his prime uh, in his career. So uh, the question I had for you about Dak Prescott is. You know, Zimmer is known for, you know, his double-A gap blitzes, his, his, you know, confusing defensive looks. Do you think that Zimmer um, can can pose some challenges for Dak Prescott this weekend? Do you think that Dak is, you know, coming off of not playing for a while? Granted, he's had a few games. But in general, like generally speaking, do you think that Zimmer uh, could maybe challenge Dak Prescott with some of the looks that he can give, or do you think that Dak just has too many weapons at hand that it's just not going to be that much of a problem? Yeah, I think um, definitely opportunity for them to challenge him. I think he, while didn't play football last year, just from what I've heard work ethic wise, you know, that didn't stop him from continuing to do kind of the off the field work that you need to do in that regard. I think the best thing that the Vikings will be able to do though, is the Cowboys still have a little bit of weakness in their offensive line. So I think with, you know, pass rushing, putting some pressure under Dak, I think that's going to be the best thing that you guys can do to hopefully, so he's not getting as clear of looks at all of those wide receivers, right? And I know Terrence Steele is starting over Lyle Collins, who's back after his um, suspension this week. And it's hopeful, I'm hopeful that at least I'll kind of light a fire under both of them, you know, the fight for starting position, but still a little bit of weakness there in the offensive line, lots of holding calls, penalties. Tyron Smith is excellent, but getting towards the end of his career. So I think utilizing some, you know, pre- putting pressure on Dax is really going to be the best way that they're able to kind of get him a little bit uncomfortable in there and hopefully maybe make some, you know, poor decisions. Yeah, that's that's kind of what we're hoping for, right? Like the, our defensive line, I feel like can can provide that pressure. So it's it's going to be up to Dak to kind of make decisions in critical moments. Um, and our third down defense, if 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 we get you there, um, I I feel like I feel like we have a good chance because our third down defense is. I think I didn't I have I didn't look after 
the bye week, but it was up near the top again, uh, like 24% or 26% of, uh, of third down conversions. So third Ryan, down defense is the best in the league. It is still the best in the league after the bye week? Yeah, as well as sacks and pressures. We're number one in those categories. Let's go. Get ready, Dak. But don't hurt him because I actually <laughs> do like Dak. Um, yeah, I think Dak's Ryan, probably a just... top, my top five. Like He's definitely in my top five right now mm-hmm. um, for just favorite. I, I haven't I'll trade you Kurt league, for so. Dak right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would that. Not open yeah, to negotiations. But... <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I know this goes against everything in your being here, but I'm going to need you yeah, to just yeah. pump up Kirk a little bit. You know, he has he has had some fourth quarter comebacks. Like he's kept us in most games. Yeah, you know, here's the thing with Kirk is when when his money's on the line, he plays phenomenally, right? Like when he needs to perform because he's got a contract extension coming or he's pumping up his value for the next contract, you know, uh, he's going to play his best football. So, uh, yeah, I I wouldn't put it past him to continue to just keep up this really great play that he is doing. So, you know, it's not that I'm a Kirk Cousins Sater because I I do like the guy in terms of just his talent. He's a very good quarterback, but um, I just feel like he needs – to do a little bit more for to, for us to get over the hump, so to speak, right? Um, so, but yeah, I mean, he's playing great. Uh, he's, I think, he's playing. This is probably his best year of football he's maybe ever had, at least that that I've ever seen him uh, watched him yeah. uh, play. And um, we're going up against a Cowboys secondary that isn't super strong. I know they're making some flashy plays with Trayvon Diggs making just, I mean, an interception a week, uh, averaging. Uh, actually, I think he's over an interception a week right now, technically, and uh, and he's making these plays, but he's also given up some big plays um, this year. And uh, you know, the Anthony Brown uh, opposite of him is not quite it, right? Um, he, he I, I I appreciate him because he's he's long and he's fast, but he just doesn't get his head around, and he just gives up these big plays and. Uh, the, the safeties are, you know, coming along, but, you know, so I, I think there's some opportunity here where Kirk for the most part makes good decisions, right? As long as our play calling is aggressive enough to take advantage of what Kirk been able to do while, when he's aggressive, we can keep up point for point with this Cowboys team, just because I don't have confidence in their defense as much. Micah Parsons has been phenomenal. It's fun to watch him play. I, I think he's a great player for you guys. Um, and, and uh, you know, you have some good pieces on the D line and, and whatnot. And like I said, Trayvon Diggs, if you give him an opportunity, he's going to make the play. So um, we've got to make sure that we're limiting those opportunities. But I, I think our next topic was Trayvon versus Justin Jefferson. And um, what, one thing, you know, yeah. JJ is really good at is the ability to, you know, run great routes and pull on some double moves that will get guys like Trayvon Diggs to bite because he wants to make the play. And we should have some opportunities to take some shots. Can we execute? Can our offensive line hold up long enough? That's yet to be seen. I, we know that if Kirk has the opportunity and the time, he's going to hit the player on, uh, you know, in between the numbers. So, um, so you know, I'll give Kirk his credit, and you know, I think more of our woos this year has not, uh, or woes, I should say, um, is not on him. No, it's woos. more so on our play call. Not, not <laughs> woos. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not on him. It's more so on the play calling that we have. So if we can focus on, you know, being a little bit more aggressive, I think that Kirk should be able to take advantage of the secondary. You, you alluded to our next topic. Um, I don't know if Sarah knows this. She's, she's new to following me on Twitter. She's new to the show here. Uh, I am a Stefan Diggs stand through and through. Um, And so I guess in part, of Stefan Diggs. I'm also a Trayvon Diggs fan. Um, I think they both have that same mentality just at the, at a, at a different position. Right. And Ryan, Ryan talked about it a little bit. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is going to go for that big play, right? Like he's, he'll, I feel like he's willing to give up a 60, 70 yard touchdown to kind of jump a route and see if he can take one to the house versus just like, kind of playing up to his man a little bit more and just making sure it's just an incompletion. Um, but what if, what if you guys thought like he's on a historic run here through seven games or six 
what what are your guys' thoughts about Trevon or Trayvon Diggs down there? Uh, absolutely love him. I mean, nothing other say, nothing bad to say really, other than I do agree. You both kind of hit it right perfectly. He does take those gambling moves, you know, and at times, sometimes it's not the end of the world, but in games like, you know, where it almost cost them against the Pats, that is a little bit more of an issue. Um, but I would say that will, I think, hopefully come with time, you know, that maybe he'll get a little bit better at kind of when, determine when to take those risks, when not to, and be a little bit more I think their safeties are lacking a little bit right now because Donovan Wilson has been out, um, which he's their top safety at this point in time. And um, I think with a little bit better secondary coverage to support Trayvon, Anthony Brown is not, I'm not a fan at, at all, but um, he makes enough big plays to stay around, but that's all he does kind of the bare minimum, I think in that regard. Um, but yeah, I mean, how can you not, I mean, Trayvon is on obviously record setting pace, seven interceptions in six games is absolutely wild. It's fun to watch as a fan, right? Every, you know, the defense, obviously, historically, every offensive game, you know, but so when defense is creating turnovers, scoring, you know, things like that, it makes it so much more fun as a fan to watch. And historically, the Cowboys had very low. I mean, Byron Jones was an excellent corner, but no one was targeting him. So there was no opportunity for turnovers from him. So last year, I'm pretty sure they were one of the worst in the teams in the league, if not the worst in terms of um, turnovers and interceptions, et cetera. So it's big change from previous years now for now it's worth it they're capable of putting up the points right so if he does get burned on a few plays um they know the offense can come right back down the field so i've i've heard you and forgive me i haven't like stayed in touch with with cowboys football um ryan's a big football guru and he just kind of knows people from college as well um I've heard you both kind of talk down about Anthony Brown through six games, whatever. Um, and it just, I only looked at PFF for how Cowboys players were, you know, subjectively doing. Um, and they did have him ranked as like the 13th corner in the NFL. So Sarah, can you kind of tell me a little bit like, like they have him ranked as the 13th corner. We're not really sure what the grading is for PFF in terms of rating quarter, cornerbacks such as Anthony Brown, but what what don't you like about him? What do you think is like a, a flaw that we can expose? Yeah, so I think Ryan said it earlier. He more often than not, he is not turning around. You know, he and and it seems like it's always on the big plays. He's just getting absolutely burned. I don't know. I'm interested. I didn't know he was actually ranked 13th, so that's pretty surprising because I feel like I'm, I've honestly been on his case since last year, but immediately. Um, it just seems like he was always the one on big third down plays who was just getting absolutely burned. A lot of missed tackles, in my opinion. I, I'd have to see the stats on that, but just from watching games, I feel like that's the case. Um, he does, like I said, comes up with a few interceptions every once in a while that I think keeps him around, maybe boosts his stats a little bit. Um, they don't have many, very many options otherwise outside of him, though. I mean, Jordan Lewis, I don't think is any better from a corner standpoint. Um, so I, I mean, they have options, but I guess if you were to statistically look at things, he would be their top corner, but it just seems like those big plays, he's either, you know, not getting his head around, missing a tackle or just getting, you know, absolutely misreading the route entirely. Sometimes and you'll see him 10 yards away from where he's supposed to be. You know, it's kind of like, how, how'd you miss that one sort of? Yeah. I think with, uh, with, with PFF grades, you always take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, right? Like, I mean, they have Trayvon Diggs as like the 61st ranked corner, which I, I would argue that he's probably playing better than Anthony Brown, um, but to each their own. To, Ryan, you can you can tell me if I'm incorrect here, but it sounds like Anthony Brown might be more of like a, a Cowboys version of Trey Waynes back when he was here. Right? Exactly. Like, exactly. Maybe yep. in good position, just, just couldn't quite, you know, put both together. Right. But if you could just, yeah, if you could I, I just mean, master that second piece, you'd be great. Yeah. I, I think that is the absolute perfect comparison to give for him. Again, just a good, well-built cornerback. That's fast. That's big. That's, you know, that's typically in position even for the most part, but just can't make a play. Um, and again, and this is me watching from afar. Obviously I don't watch every Cowboys game. I, I'm not religiously watching each game, but I do watch as many as I can. Cause like I said, I like to watch Dak and CD and, and, and these guys. And, uh, it just seems like, and to, to, to Sarah's point, 
point, you know, it, it just seems like there's it's one big play or two a game that makes it seem like the rest of his game is garbage because he gave up those one or two big plays. And, it, and whether that big play is an actual completion that he missed or it's a defensive pass interference or something like that, um, it just seems like he's just not taking advantage of the position he's putting himself in. And again, from afar, I, I, I don't I, I don't watch every play. So, um, I, I want to touch on just a couple things before we get to the lightning round. And, and Sarah, I'll let you know what the lightning round's all about here. But uh, let's talk about the Vikings offensive line versus the Cowboys defensive line. Uh, Sands, Demarcus Lawrence, right? But uh, the Cowboys, you know, I, I, I feel like we're kind of seeing this weekly uh, as, a, as a Vikings team maybe some underrated defensive lines. I feel like Randy Gregory has actually played pretty well this season. Um, I, I don't know who plays opposite of him, so I'm going to defer to Sarah, the, the Cowboys expert of the show. Tell us about your defensive line and and how they are doing this year. And if you think that they you know, have a chance to, to kind of push over our, our offensive line, I, I can tell you personally right now, you could probably go right up the middle against Garrett Bradbury and, and have a field day. But I'll let you speak to your defensive line and, and let the fans kind of know uh, what's going on. Yeah, so, I mean, Brandy Gregory, I'm a, absolutely a huge fan. I don't know if you guys happen to know his story and everything, but it's it's a, you know, just kind of one of those heartwarming stories. So off the field, but on the field, I mean, he's been incredible this year. Um, very underrated to your point. Um, I actually saw earlier that, um, pro football focus had him ranked 94th overall. So he had the highest, um, amount of, of like pressure plays and sacks from anyone who's played 25 snaps. So he's, I mean, we saw it last week against, um, Mac Jones or two weeks ago now at this point. Um, but yeah, he's constantly applying pressure. Even he's not getting those sacks. And I think not applicable to the Vikings game, but it's going to be a real problem for other teams once Demarcus Lawrence is back because, you know, who do you really attack, you know, who are you double teaming from that point, right? Um, I think Micah Parsons' ability to flex up on there too, you know, is going to be a threat for Kirk Cousins um, as long as they're, you know, not, I guess, they'd be gambling a little bit with the secondary by pulling him up on, you know, as a pass rusher in the defensive line. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Randy Gregory's been incredible, um, and they have lots of other, you know, supporting guys kind of coming in and out. But I think um, it should be a good challenge for the Vikings offensive line. And you guys have yeah, that rookie I mean, Osa from UCLA, I think, right? Uh, I don't know how to say his last mm-hmm. name. I didn't even try, uh, but I hear he's just been playing super well. And if I'm if I'm a Cowboy fan, I'm looking at. The, the top matchup because we do have two good, uh, you know, co- uh, tackles, right? I mean, I think our two tackles are actually pretty good. Um, our interiors, where our weak links are, for the most part, on our offensive line. So I think Osa, if you can kind of scheme up some one on ones, because I know he's more of like a penetrating three technique. Um, so if you can, uh, you know, scheme up some one on ones with Garrett Bradbury or even with Oli Udo. In, in like a more of a confusing sense, because Udo, once he gets his hands on you, you're good. But if you can kind of confuse him and, and whatnot, that's where you can, uh, you know, make some pressures. So I think uh, that's where I, your advantage is, if to, in my opinion, on the, uh, you know, during this, this trenches matchup. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's do, let's do one more thing here before we hit lightning round. I had it in the show notes as a difference maker for each team. Let's kind of shift it more towards like keys to victory, right? Like I, I, all the the cool pregame shows do the keys to victory. We'll stick with that. Um, Sarah, what do you view as the the Cowboys' keys to victory this this Sunday night? I, I I don't think we've given it enough like hype. The fact that it's a Sunday night football game, I think this is this this is poised to be one of the best Sunday night football games this season, in my opinion. But. Mm-hmm. What are the keys to victory for the Cowboys? Um, so I would say probably biggest thing would be um, the cornerback, you know, the secondary being able to control, you know, a few, obviously you guys have a few great offensive weapons, but I think while doing so also limiting the running and, you know, Dalvin Cook and 
little bit worried about how they're going to manage doing that. But I think, like I said earlier, utilizing Micah Parsons. So I actually had down as kind of who might be the difference maker for each team. I know I'm skewing back to what we talked about earlier, not doing the keys to victory, but um, I felt like maybe utilizing him as both a linebacker and then pulling him up, you know, for a defensive end, depending upon who, what they're kind of going for scheme wise. I think that's going to be the biggest thing that the Cowboys can do. Um, Cause like we said, it's going to be a shootout. So any stops that they can get, you know, third down plays that they can, hold them on is going to be the biggest. And then obviously limiting any turnovers from the Cowboys standpoint too, right? Because every possession is going to matter. If, you know, either defense isn't able to make a major stop, it's going down to limiting any mistakes and turnovers. I am very excited to watch Micah Parsons. Um, I, I there, was a, there was a small portion of me last draft who was like, maybe, maybe if he, if he fell, we could take him, right? Um, he could he could be the replacement to Anthony Barr and just kind of sit next to Kendricks and Zimmer could utilize him. So I I am very excited um, to to watch him this weekend. Ryan, what are your keys to victory for the Vikings? Uh, yeah, um, I I think trying to keep the our offense on the field as long as possible and to, as as a way of playing defense against this Cowboys offense, right? Like limiting their amount of time on the field, running the ball. I, again, I, I'm not a big advocate of running the ball a lot. Like, you know me, um, but I, I think we need to utilize the run game as best as we can utilize the play action game, get, you know, Kirk off of the, out of the pocket and on the move with some play action and um, some pre snap motion. And I think if you can, you know, again, sustain drives, eat the clock a little bit, play some of that way of playing defense. Um, we should be able to, again, hopefully mitigate that that offensive firepower that they have and and move forward. The one thing that I think is a little bit underrated here, and granted Kellen Moore is an offensive genius, but um, I think obviously Mike McCarthy does have some of his, like, I don't know, his mojo, so to speak, into this offense. And – we had we had his number for the last few years of his days in in the in on the Packers, right? Like we Zimmer kind of understood what he was trying to do, and we were able to limit to as best as we could Aaron Rodgers and and that offense. So I think if we can kind of channel in some of that energy as well, you know, maybe we can create a couple stops randomly. I think you bring up a good point about. Um... You know, I, I feel like a lot of people expect this game to sh- to be a shootout, including myself. But one of the best uh, one of the best techniques or, or strategies that you can have here, right, is is long drives to keep the opposing offense off the field. We saw them do it a year ago in Seattle versus Russell Wilson. The Vikings did, um, and so I know fans want us to be aggressive, but I could I could totally see the Vikings and Zimmer going with that that kind of approach of just like let's pound the rock let's keep them off the field right wear down their defense and then when it really matters in the fourth quarter um turn it up a little bit when that defense is is gassed so um this is my favorite part of the show um it's it's new this year but it is it is we call it lightning round and for sarah and for those who don't know what it is uh, Dave will pump in that music, I think. Let's see if it starts. There it is. Just very slow, but it gets you. It gets you kind of worked up. Ryan can attest that I love love this portion every week. Anyway, we're gonna go through really quick. Um, I'm gonna pretty much give you a prompt, and you speak to it. Uh, the first section is over or under. Next is buy or sell. I forgot to put headlines in there, so I'll just make some up when we get to that point. But pretty much, I'll just I'll give you a prompt, speak to it a little bit, tell me what you think. So here's the lightning round. Over or under, we're starting with Sarah and the Cowboys. Um, Zeke has historically not done well against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so I'm giving you a prompt of over or under 60 and a half yards rushing for Zeke this weekend, Sarah. What do you think? I struggle with this one, but I'm going to say over by a margin. I think the Cowboys are really going to try and establish the run early. Um, so I think, I don't think 
much more than that. Probably going to be in splitting carries with Pollard about 60-40%, I would say, but over. Awesome. Ryan, we're shifting a little bit here. We're not doing the running game for our side. We're doing the passing game. It's Kirk Cousins, 250 yards and a half because, you know, we got to put the half in there. But passing yards, over or under this week? My guess is if we aren't over that, we're going to get destroyed. So I'm going to go ahead and say over. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Um in Dak's last two games versus the Vikings, I think he's had four touchdowns and three touchdowns passing. So I thought a good place to put this over under for Sarah here is Dak at three and a half touchdowns. We can say combined rushing and receipt or rushing and throwing. Um, but I feel like Dak doesn't rush for touchdowns very often, but nonetheless, Sarah, what do you think off of Dak three and a half touchdowns? Um, I'm going to say the over. I mean, I think we've talked about being a shootout, but now I'm a little bit convinced that maybe they're going to try and draw out long drives because you had a very convincing argument there with extending extending drives and everything. Um, but I'm going to say over. I think they'll have definitely at least four. Probably not. I'd say four. Four touchdowns. So over. All right. It is the Vikings. So, uh, you know, I could see Dak Prescott just making like maybe tying the record of like eight touchdowns, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> typical Vikings fashion. Um, Dave, can I have you reset the music just out of selfishness? Um, Ryan, we got buy, sell. Oh shit. Sorry. Rewind that back. We're still on over and under. Maybe the tequila is starting to hit me a little bit. Uh, Vikings <laughs> line here against, the, against the Vikings offense or the, Oh my goodness! The Vikings. All right, so yeah, so the D line, two and a half sacks. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, by yeah. the way, real quick, Ollie, you know, great Ross Geller, you know, throw out, uh, you know, shout out into the chat there. Yeah, lightning round from friends. If anyone watched that show, um, I guess I'm maybe aging myself a little bit, but my wife loves it, so I love it as well. Um, over two and a half. Yeah, I think we're going to go over. I think uh, again, going back to my last argument, if we don't go over, if we're not at least pressures, uh, but also getting to the quarterback, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. And I think Daniel Hunter wants to make a statement. He's going against Terrence Steele. Um, if, if I'm assuming he's starting, um, and I think he's going to be able to create some some havoc there. And then we got some good penetrating D tackles that can make some noise against again a rebuilding uh, you know interior on the, for the for the Cowboys there. I know you got Connor Williams and, and Martin, but that t- Tyler was it. I don't know how to say his last name, but that kid center from Wisconsin. Um, he's not that good. So can you, Sarah, what, what was his name? Honestly, Beads. I don't, I don't want to mispronounce you pronounce it on here, uh, yeah, but yeah. Um, I, I have like all these pronunciations of people in my head that I'm pretty sure are not right. You know, when you're just like reading them, watching the game yourself, right. but no, he's had a lot the of um, misfires or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He's not great under sender. Hoping it's just, you know, some, I guess, learning curve, you know, coming out from college, but yeah, definitely an exposure for them. I'm getting some heat in the chat because I, I fell apart on that last prompt, but we're going to switch to buy-sell here. Um, and also, I guess the Vikings and Cowboys have common ground, right? They both have bad centers, potentially. We can we can agree on that part. Uh, Sarah, buy-sell, Trayvon Diggs' historic start. This is a tough one. I'm going to say buy. <laughs> um, I struggle with that think at this point um he's gonna gamble and make enough plays where he's gonna at least get an interception this game just by pure you know going for it doesn't mean he's he's probably gonna give up some big plays with that as well but i think he will come out with an interception all right dave's telling me i just got to keep drinking more tequila it takes practice um ryan we've we've seen the vikings defense on the rise the past three weeks heading into the bye uh, holding their opponents to minimal points only to fall apart in two-minute situations. But aside from that, are you buying or selling the Vikings defense on the rise? Hard sell. Um, 
Yeah, definitely selling. We've been playing some not great de- or great offenses. I know the Cow or I'm sorry, the Browns um, defense is pretty. Or wow, I'm turning. Uh, the Browns is pretty good all typically, of us, and they were just having a day that day. Um, yeah, but but you know the the Browns offense a week later dominated, right? So I, I think we we did well that game, but you know we, we were playing the Lions and the Panthers the last two games. I mean they're garbage teams, so I'm not gonna buy it until I see us do that against good offenses like our next two weeks uh, with the Cowboys and Ravens. So if if they continue Fair up enough. from there, then I'll start buying a little bit. But I'm selling right now. Um, this one's kind of out of the blue. I talked about it earlier. I, th- I think that Tony Pollard is, is a very good running back uh, for you guys. And um, I, I do think that Zeke is overrated. I, I, from an outside perspective, I wish you didn't pay him as much as you did. Um, but I, I want to ask you, Sarah, uh, buy or sell the fact that Tony Pollard is might be better than Zeke. I think the keyword here is might. <laughs> um, I don't think he is quite yet for the Cowboys. Um, I mean, he's incredibly explosive, and I think Zeke's lost just a little bit of that. You know, that comes with age as a running back. But um, I think Pollard isn't quite doing all the little things that Zeke does in terms of, you know, blocking, QB protection, things like that. So I would still take Zeke over Pollard any day. But um, future me, we would have to go back to that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's that's a future you problem. Uh, Ryan, we saw Adam Thielen slightly get phased out of the Vikings offense for two weeks, but he ended the first portion of the Vikings season on a high note. Are you buying or selling Adam Thielen as being the wide receiver one on this Vikings team? Is he considered the wide receiver one by anyone besides maybe his that's- wife? Well, I think there's a there's a subsect of of Vikings Twitter that feels that way. Oh, the you know the the homers that just love the fact that he's from Minnesota. He he is not in wide receiver one. I'm not. This Did you know no, he's from I'll Detroit sell. Lakes? No, I had no idea. I, I actually went to college <laughs> with him, but yeah, no, I no, I'll sell that. I mean, he's good. I'm not trying to like downplay that. Like, he's a really high quality receiver. He's not he's not better than Justin Jefferson. So, uh, but like, I mean, I guess the Cowboys are in the same territory, right? Like you have a young emerging, like really good receiver in CD lamb. Like we have in Justin Jefferson. And then you have like the, the vet who's really, really good route runner, really strong hands gets open and just gets the job done in Amari Cooper. Like we have Adam Thielen. Um, we love Adam Thielen in the red zone. Uh, so, I mean, he's going to get more touchdowns, but just from like a yardage and just getting, you know, just being a better player. I mean, Jefferson's typically going against the Trayvon Diggs of the team and not the Anthony Browns or the slot corners. So um, I'll, I'll sell that he is wide receiver one. All right. Last section of lightning round. I didn't give you a prompt, but typically I'll, the, the final section is the headline game. Um, I give you a headline. You tell me what happened in the game. So you wake up, I guess Sarah said she's from New York, but let's say you woke up in, in Dallas on Monday morning. The headline reads, uh, how about them Cowboys? What happened in Sunday night's game to get that headline? Um, how about them Cowboys? I feel like people typically tend to use that when it's actually a close win rather than a blowout. So I would say maybe, um, I don't think it'd be an overtime win, but I think it'd be Cowboys win down to the wire by a touchdown. I don't think that my heart could take heart slash liver could take in another overtime game from the Vikings this year. Um, so if we could just chalk it up to four quarters, that would work just fine with me. Ryan, I'm running out of ideas here uh, for a headline for the Vikings. The only thing that comes to mind and it, it goes against everything in my being because I am a Mike Zimmer stan. Uh, but is the quote I, th- I keep thinking of is how hot is too hot for Zimmer's seat. So tell me oh, what you think. Is it, is, but is it, is it how hot is too hot? Is that the, the title or is Zimmer's seat on there? Too? Yes. Yes, but I, I was thinking more towards Zimmer. But if you have a different okay, avenue, no, how, how, how hot is it. too hot? How hot is too hot? We're going to do uh jeff justin jefferson um he, he scored three touchdowns this game 
a la Randy Moss back in the day. And he got three gritties and those gritties were so hot that it got too hot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. I like the positive energy you bring. Um, I was thinking more towards Zimmer was on the hot seat, but I, I like that. Um, well, let's 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 sum it up here. Let's do some score predictions. So, Dave, you can come on out and cut that that music, and we'll get ready to send this thing home. Um, I have not tallied the 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 record this year. I know that I'm three and three. Ryan came through and said he was four and two. I think Dave is the opposite, right? Are you two I'm and three four, and Dave? Three. Are you? Mm-hmm. All right. What's the guest at? Do you know by chance? Three and three. All right. So the guests are homers, as if you can tell, Sarah. So you're you're really putting some pressure here uh, on on the guest record. But let's just fly through some predictions of what we think is going to happen on Sunday night. Um, I'll go first. Um, I I still do think it's going to be a shootout. Um, I, I think Zimmer's going to have this team roaring to go. He's he preached aggressiveness before the bye um, in closing out team so i think he sticks by that um though i think the point total or i think i think vegas has it at like 52 points total um i would probably bet the over in that if it's going to be a shootout i'm going to go 31 30 um dak and the cowboys do make it close though i think dak probably drives and scores and maybe they need the onside kick to get it back but uh, i'm going to go 31 30 vikes on Sunday Night Football, <laughs> somebody's got a hundred to seventeen in the chat. My gosh! All right, Sarah, what do you got for your Cowboys? Um, I'm gonna take the over for sure on this game. I'm thinking I would probably say Cowboys. I'm probably four touchdowns. I'm gonna say thirty-four. And Vikings, 27. All right. We have opposite in that in the chat for uh, for Clifford. Clifford thinks the Vikes will have 34. Um, but I, I, I could see it going the way you just mentioned, for sure. Ryan, I'm going to leave you for last because I think you're going to hit us with a bombshell here. So, Dave, what do you think? Oh, I've been calling all week for the Vikings. I think it's going to be extremely close. Like as in uh, final drive and field goal by Joseph, 34-31 Vikings. Oh, man. All right, Ryan, what do we got? You've been you've been the, the best one so far this year, so fans should, uh, fans should listen to you. <laughs> by the way, Joseph, he asked me earlier, and I forgot to get to it when I had a chance to talk. I'm drinking Noble Oak. Um, Noble Oak. I, I don't know where you get this from because I didn't buy it. Um, it is doing this number on me tonight, though, for sure. Um, I think we're going to go 35-31 Cowboys. I think they're a better team. I think they're a better offense. Ryan! And C.D. Lamb is going to come in and crush our hearts uh, just like he should because he's really fucking good. So um, in I'm going to go U.S. 30, Bank. 35-31, Cowboys. In U.S. Bank, with our fans well lubricated because they start um, tailgating at about 0500 in the morning on Sunday night. Nah. Hey, all these all these guys got to take their kids trick-or-treating and stuff, you know, so they're just going to be getting to the game just like I'm going to be getting to the game. You know, no, but seriously, I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's actually going to come down to them scoring a touchdown to take the lead and win. Like like uh, thirty, like we're up 31-28, and they, they come in with that touchdown and, and, and win the game. You know, it, it's going to be a close game, I think. Hey, you're saying. Um, One-score one game, I just think that they're going to end up winning. You're saying flashbacks to the last game, really, right? But this time, Dak and the Cowboys prevail. They deliver. Yeah, they yes, actually throw right. the CD Lamb more, you know? Yeah. Um, well, well, that's all I had for, for tonight's show. Um, we, went, we went over time. Maybe I spent a little bit too long on intros. Whatever. But um, Sarah... I want to give you a, a little opportunity here to kind of pump yourself up here. People are going to be listening. 
uh, either tomorrow when this podcast is released or the people live right now, um, if they want to interact and talk Cowboys football, um, where can they find you on Twitter? Um, and and do you do any uh, like social media work for the Cowboys at all? Um, like writing anything, or, or are you just purely putting your opinions out on Twitter? Oh, just putting my opinions out on Twitter for now. Honestly, I haven't been able to get it together enough to write or anything with a full-time job in healthcare in a pandemic. But um, so my Twitter name is at the football girl um, GRL. So you can interact with me on there. Like I said, love to talk. I mean, I love football. Obviously, my first love, but all things sports. So easy place to find me and chat. And I would like to say Ryan has officially become my favorite person on this podcast with his final pick of the game. <laughs> We're going to have to remove that co-host, Ryan. You can go to the Cowboys happy hour after this. <laughs> any, 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 anytime there's a Oklahoma player on that team, I'm pretty much picking them. So. Oh. Do we we just need to get an Oklahoma player for Ryan to really have some Vikings fandom these days? Yeah. I, hey, guess. I, cheer, I cheer for it every year, and they never listen to me. And then you go look at Trey Brown dominating this year. You look at you know <laughs> CD Lamb dominating. Like we should have just made the moves, but we don't ever listen to me. Creed Humphrey's the best hey, in football. We had we one, we did we not? Listen. We still do. Well, yeah, but he's sports. <laughs> Well, with that being said, I want to thank Sarah specifically for coming on tonight. Uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. If the Vikings are lucky enough to make it to the playoffs and face you, we'll bring you back on. Uh, We'll have a good time there. But otherwise, best of luck the rest of the season after Sunday. Uh, I wish you nothing but the worst luck on Sunday night. Uh, For everybody else uh, listening and commenting in chat, thank you. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. I think we'll be back tomorrow night uh, off a of bye week flip. And Eric should be back for Vikings Happy Hour. And then a very late, late episode of uh, CTP Final Score on Sunday. Correct, Dave? Like, Oh, absolutely. We'll be live right before the final whistle. And what's great about Sunday night is we're all watching it live. There's no, hey, I'm streaming it and I'm two plays behind stuff. We should all be seeing it live because it's on NBC. Yeah. Well, I I might need to take Monday morning off depending on how that game goes. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, um, again, thank you to everybody. Ryan, uh, thanks for hopping back on. Sarah, thank you for, for hopping on as well. And, Dave, I'm stealing your punchline, but what do we always say? Stop! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.